So, my name is Cole Wuffley, and I am 13. Um, Jesus is better than anything else. Well, I have three reasons. He is our creator, our protector, and he died on the cross for us. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of the Jesus is Better podcast. I'm Alicia Yoder, and I'm so glad to celebrate the true King, Jesus, with you today. Can you think of any other kings you've heard about? Was he a king who lived in God's ways or not? Today, we're going to be talking about a king that God chose for the Israelites. Do you remember from last week how we talked about the Ark of God being stolen by the Philistines after the Israelites foolishly brought it into battle and that God himself made sure that it got back to the Israelites? But then, even though the Philistines had seen God's power, they still came to fight the Israelites again, and the Israelites cried out for the prophet Samuel to pray for them. God defeated the Philistines, and Samuel continued to be the judge or leader for the Israelites his entire life. When he got old, Samuel chose his sons to be judges over Israel. But his sons didn't judge like Samuel did. They took people's money to let the guilty go free and didn't protect the people who hadn't done anything wrong. So the elders of Israel came to Samuel and said, You're old, and your sons don't walk in your ways. Choose a king for us to be a judge, just like the other nations. Samuel didn't think it was a good idea, so he prayed to the Lord. God said, Do what the people want you to do, for they aren't rejecting you but they are rejecting me from being the king over them. Ever since I brought them out of Egypt, they've been serving other gods. They are leaving me and you. So do what they say, but warn them about what will happen when a king is in charge. So Samuel told God's words to the people, saying, This is what a human king will be like. He will make your sons be his soldiers and commanders. Some will be his farmers, and others will make his weapons and chariots. He will take your daughters to make his perfume and cook his food. He will take the best of your crops and give them to his servants and army. He will take your servants to be his servants and your best animals. You will be like slaves to him. And then... You will cry out because of your king, but the Lord will not answer you. 
The people said, We do want a king over us, so we'll be like the other nations, and our king will make decisions for us and fight our battles. Samuel talked to the Lord about all the people had said, and the Lord said, Give them a king. And Samuel sent everyone home. Now there was a rich Israelite man named Kish, who had a son named Saul. Saul was handsome and taller than any of the people. One day, Saul's father sent him to look for his donkeys who had gotten lost. So Saul and his servant traveled around looking for the donkeys, but they didn't find them. When they got to Zuf, Saul said to his servant, Let's go back. Otherwise, my father might stop worrying about the donkeys and start worrying about us. But the servant said, There's a man of God in this city, and everything he says comes true. Maybe he can tell us the way to go. Saul said, If we go find him, what can we give him? We don't have a present, and even our bread is gone. The servant answered, I have a little silver, and we can give it to him to tell us which way to go. Saul said, That sounds good. Let's go. As they were going up the hill to the city, some women were coming down to the well for water. Saul said, Is the prophet here? They answered, He's just ahead of you. Hurry, because the people are going to offer a sacrifice. He will bless the sacrifice, so you can find him before he goes up. As they entered the city, they saw Samuel coming toward them. Now the day before, God had said to Samuel, Tomorrow I will send a man from the land of Benjamin, and you will anoint him to be the king. He will save the people from the hand of the Philistines, for I have heard their cry. So when Samuel saw Saul, God said, Here is the man I told you about. Saul came up to Samuel and said, Where is the prophet's house? Samuel said, I am the prophet. Go to the high place where the sacrifice is being offered and eat it with me. In the morning... I'll tell you all that's on your mind. Your donkeys have been found. He also said, Doesn't everyone in Israel love your family? Saul said, I'm from the least important tribe in Israel. Why are you speaking to me like this? Then Samuel put Saul at the head of the table and said to the cook, Bring the special part of the sacrifice that I told you to set aside. So the cook put the leg in front of Saul. Samuel said, Eat, because this was kept for you until the right time. So Saul ate with Samuel, and that night slept on Samuel's flat roof. The next morning, Samuel called to Saul, Get up, it's time to go. As they walked to the edge of the city, Samuel said, Tell your servant to go on ahead and I will tell you the word from God. Then Samuel took a jar of oil and poured it on Saul's head, saying, 
The Lord has anointed you to be prince over his people Israel. You will reign over them and save them from their enemies. This is how you will know God has chosen you. When you leave me, you will meet two men who will say to you, The donkeys have been found, and now your father's worried about you. Then you will see three more men carrying three goats, three loaves of bread, and some wine. They will give you two of the loaves of bread, which you will take. Then you'll see a group of prophets carrying instruments, harps, tambourines, flutes, and lyres, and they will be prophesying. The Spirit of the Lord will rush on you, and you will prophesy with them. Do what he leads you to do, because God is with you. Then meet me at Gilgal to offer burnt offerings and peace offerings. And when Saul turned to leave Samuel, God gave him another heart, and all Samuel said came true. When he started prophesying with the prophets, the people who saw him said, What has happened to Saul? Is he a prophet too? Saul's uncle met Saul and his servant and asked where they'd been. They said, We went looking for the donkeys, and when we couldn't find them, we went to Samuel. Saul's uncle said, What did Samuel say to you? And Saul said, He told us the donkeys had been found, but he kept his anointing a secret. Now Samuel called the Israelites together at Mizpah and said, This is what the Lord says. I brought Israel out of Egypt and delivered you from the Egyptians and all who came against you. But today you have rejected your God who saves you from all your troubles. And you have said to him, Give us a king. And Samuel brought all the tribes together, and the tribe of Benjamin was chosen. Then the clans of Benjamin, and Saul's name was chosen. But when they looked for him, they couldn't find him. So they said to the Lord, Has he gotten here yet? And God said, He's hiding with the baggage. They ran to get him, and when he stood by the people, he was taller than all of them. Samuel said, Do you see who God has chosen? There is no one else like him. And the people shouted, Long live the king! Samuel told the people all that the king would be responsible to do, wrote it down, and then sent the people home. Saul went home along with brave men who God led to go with him. But some troublemakers said, How can this man save us? Have you ever heard someone complain about the leaders in our country, the president or others who make decisions in the government? The Israelites thought a human king would be the one to solve their problems. And that desire showed what was going on in their hearts. That they didn't really want God to be their leader and perfect king, but instead wanted to look like the other nations that had a king to lead the battles. So why do you think God gave them what they wanted? Why didn't he just say no when they asked for a king? 
God didn't want to force the Israelites to call him their leader. But he did want to show them what would happen if they kept following their ungodly desires instead of his, and even told them the hard things that would come if they had a king. The Israelites wanted to be comfortable and safe, and they thought they could get those things by having a human king. Samuel didn't want the people to have a king. He knew what it was like to talk with God and follow him. But Samuel was obedient to what God said, so that God could keep carrying out his plans for his kingdom. So, what kinds of things do we sometimes want to keep us comfortable and safe and happy instead of talking to Jesus about it? Maybe we think we have to have a family who never argues with each other or lots of friends to play with or not so many rules at school or at home. Maybe we just want all our plans to work out or for our parents to say yes to everything we ask for. When we ask Jesus to be our king each day, we might not always get what we want, but we can trust that he's a much better king than we could be as he teaches us how to live in his kingdom, takes care of us, and gives us so many blessings to enjoy. Sometimes it might feel like everyone around you is making wrong choices, like the Israelites. Maybe the way a sibling is treating your parents, or your friends are holding on to anger toward each other. When Samuel was troubled by the people's desire for a king, what did he do right away? Did he try to tell the Israelites, you guys are making a big mistake, so you better listen to me? No, he talked to God about it. We aren't in charge of making other people walk with God, but we can love them, pray for them, and tell them how much Jesus has helped us when we've struggled. We have it so much better than Saul or the Israelites did, because after Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead, he went back to the Father and his spirit came to live in all his children, not just rush on them sometimes like the spirit did in Saul's life. As we read God's word, his spirit helps us to grow in wisdom and to know the right decisions to make as we pray and talk with others and even in the times we're alone. We'll be able to share that wisdom and help with others so that their hearts can keep being healed of sin and pain and they too can learn to walk with Jesus. And we can keep fighting against any temptations to sin and ways Satan might want to attack us through fear, discouragement, shame, or anger. Saul hid among the bags because he was scared to be revealed as the king. But God had chosen to work through him as the Israelites' human king. God doesn't want us to be scared of the things he asks us to do, but he does want to help us understand how little strength and knowledge we have compared to him. Everything he gives us, including our abilities and jobs he has for us, is a gift. 
And he wants to also give us his confidence, knowing that he has the power to work in his world and through our lives. So whenever you feel scared about something God has given you to do, talk to Jesus about it. He loves reminding us of his power, love, and care for us. His perfect love can drive out our fears and help us to keep walking with him in joy when life feels the same day after day and also when a new stage is about to begin. Let's pray. King Jesus, thank you for being with us when we feel scared or frustrated because others aren't following you. Would you keep leading our hearts and your desires so that we can want what you want? We love you. Amen. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. I can't wait to talk to you next time.